Oh, welcome to the Auto History Podcast. And uh, today we're going to talk about something a little newer than uh, we talked about last time. I'm excited about this one, Mike. This is going to be great. Yeah, you know, I I had never really dug into uh, this particular subject before, and I have zero experience with the brand, but uh, it was an interesting story. So we're going to be talking about the Saturn Corporation and Saturn Car Company which has come and gone uh, all in the space of what, about 20 years, maybe less. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they were an interesting car company that, you know, they, they really set out to be a, like a foreign car company, but here in the, in the States and they, they were completely and utterly separate from GM, although GM kind of owned them. But they were a separate car company with separate management, and you know everything was done completely away from GM, at least at the beginning. Yeah, th- this car brand was created right in the middle of my high school scholastic experience. <laughs> um, in 1985, I was uh, middle of my sophomore year, and I remember vividly starting to see the croppings up of these vehicles. And uh, the, this, this story is wonderful. Uh, more importantly, some of the vehicles have some really wonderful indicators and, and just hallmarks that have, uh, I, I, I continue, there's, a, there's actually one that's still at my wife's Target today. Yeah. And every time I walk by it, it's a, it's a, it's a black one. Every time I walk by it, I think of, I think of this car company. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the crazy part about it is, you know, at first they did a whole lot of things that were different, like, you know, plastic body panels and, you know, you could, you know, like around here we we have a lot of rust, mm-hmm. but you could see Saturns running around and they look like brand new still because, right. you know, from the nineties or the early, you know, the or late eighties and they look great, you know, underneath they're probably all rotted, but you yeah. know, like a Corvette, you know, any Corvettes that run around in the winter up here probably are rotten in the underneath, but uh, they don't rust and they don't dent and door dings and all that stuff. It was, you know, the plastic was colored all the way through. So it wasn't paint. It was, uh, it was that color plastic. And then they matched the painted parts. I think the hood and the roof was uh, metal and they matched yeah. that to uh, the plastic color but the, the right. cars were you know solid plastic which you know doesn't sound super quality but it actually worked out well th- there's two really interesting pieces here um, especially the cropping of the company was uh, uh, sandwiched with something called gung ho it was a feature film starring michael keaton it's a hmm. uh, essentially a, a dramedy uh, that um if you haven't seen it, I really do recommend it, not just because of the content that we're talking about today, which is a, a car company outside the box of what is American engineering, trying to harness on to other things inside the car manufacturing industry. Gung Ho gives you a, a really interesting peek at what happens inside of this uh, this generator facility that Michael Keaton is um, essentially tethered in. It's really good. That movie was released in 1986, which was a year after uh, Saturn began. So I, I can't tell you that there were pieces of Saturn and either the culmination of Saturn put into it. But again, it was a very different representation of what I think anybody that's interested in American car building would have been either familiar with or maybe had seen or 
uh, taking something in from some sort of propaganda movie that talks about car uh, production lines. And the, the second thing that I remember vividly about this period of time, this is also the period of time when the Fiero came out from Pontiac. Yeah, I remember, and, uh, I remember we'll, those. We'll have, links, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have links to all this inside the show notes. But for those that forget, the Fiero was essentially a plastic car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the uh, yeah same sort of body panels as the Saturn, although it was kind of a little hot rod looking car. Yeah, or well, sport and, uh, the, car type thing. But <laughs> yeah, th that's really what um, helped the Fiero make its mark. Is that mm -hmm. um, it was this very different looking car. And oh, by the way, it's plastic. In fact, look at this guy start kneeing the doors <laughs> and the and the paneling of the car. And look, nothing happens. Yeah. And uh, so both of those things are what I think of what, uh, with the onset of Saturn, uh, because the again, it was the I always tell people that I like to work with people that when they get into a space, they'll be free to work with their elbows and start making some elbow room, right? I yep. really enjoy that because both of these things, uh, Gung Ho the movie, but then also uh, the Fiero, both were doing that, as was Saturn. Yeah, yeah. and so, yeah, it was it was definitely different. You know, uh, they formed, formed a company back in 82, and uh, it was like some retired GM executives that uh, sort of ran it at first. Uh, Alex Marr, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, mm -hmm. Wanted to do a revolutionary, revolutionary, geez, edit point, uh, revolutionary new small car. And, uh, you know, like I said, it uh, took a little while to form the corporation, but uh, he had that idea way back. And, you know, the, basically they were trying to compete with the Japanese imports, uh, you know, right. in the small car market, which GM had failed at miserably a few times, you know, with Chevette, the the Vega, the, you know, the Opals, uh, that kind of thing that never really took off. And this really did kind of take off. They got their first car out in 1990 uh, with the S series. And uh, they had the SC, which was a coupe, two door. And then they had the uh, SL, I think. Hmm. Or anyway, which was a sedan, you know, a little four door. and you know, they, they were kind of odd looking, uh, you know, you get in them, the, the instrument cluster is in the middle of the dash instead of in front of the driver. Which uh, again is another one of those revolutionary points that struck, uh, solidly over the course of probably the last five years again, mm -hmm. as automakers are starting to see value in that for those that haven't driven in a car like this, that has the cluster in the center, you, you might think to yourself, man, that's completely not intuitive until you try it <laughs> and then suddenly you realize that a glance down at the center actually is especially if you've got decent peripheral vision um mm -hmm. is really a, something revolutionary where you actually do have far more vision than shoving your gaze down into um essentially the, the crotch of your steering wheel <laughs> that, that steering wheel doesn't get in the way so you know right you know, like I know on my truck, if I put the tilt wheel all the way up, which is what I like, I have to sit up in the seat a little bit to to see everything on the uh, dash. To peer through, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I yeah. rented a Mini Cooper one time, and uh, that's got the big round gauge in the center of the dash, <laughs> and uh, it didn't take long to get used to. Yeah. Something else that you you'd mentioned, I want to make sure we talked about was the 
the the concept of a company becoming a subsidiary of GM mm-hmm. is really rather novel. And when you think about something like that being able to happen nowadays, it's just it's an alien concept. Yeah, like these big car companies, they, you know, they have several divisions. Well, this wasn't a division. This was a separate company that was sort of affiliated with GM. You know, that yeah. was weird. Yeah. Well, Back not only was it day. weird, I, I was, again, it's it's the, the people running into a space and using elbows to make elbow room. And I, again, that's why I find it incredibly endearing. Yeah. One of the things Saturn did was they had only standalone dealerships, which... You know, and, and they couldn't be like, uh, you know, Joe Schmoe's Saturn. It was, it was the city and Saturn. That was what they were, the dealers were able, you know, were required to say. So, you know, we had one here in town that was in a big auto group. You know, we had a, we have an auto group here called Bill Marsh, you know, that has all the different brands, but they had the Saturn and it had to be Saturn of Traverse City. It wasn't Bill Marsh Saturn. And that was a novel concept. Uh, the other yeah, thing was there was no, which is also something that, uh, which is also something that Tesla has mm-hmm. picked out, which I, I, I find incredibly interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Tesla does that. And I know, I think there's a few other brands that uh, try to do that, but, uh, you know, with, with Saturn, they also had no haggle pricing. So it was not a dealership per se. It was a retail shop right and right. this is the price you're gonna pay this price you know yeah. that's for, for lack oh, of a better on. term it was it was a candy bar like here's oh. here's the candy bar uh, <laughs> we can do your custom wrappers and here will be the price for your candy bar very mm-hmm. again a very interesting concept that's uh you know uh, as much as you want to especially nowadays um depending on the feature sets and depending on the line of car the the the, uh, the different modes and different models and different things that you can have done to a car Mm-hmm. Uh, this was just getting down to brass tacks of which one do you want pointing at it? Here's the price and here you go. Get out the door. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, it was a lot easier to buy a Saturn say than a Buick or no whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I, I was a little older than you uh, when they came out and, and, you know, I actually remember them, you know, with, wow, that's a weird dealership. It's got, you know, it's, but, you know, there was a literal crap ton of Saturn sold, uh, you know, from 90 to, you know, maybe 2000, they were doing really good mm-hmm. and maybe a, a little bit after that, but, uh, then they tried to diversify a bit, you know, that was the, that was the, uh, thing that I think was their downfall. Uh, you know, they had a couple of good models that they expanded, you know, they did a wagon version that went real well. Mm-hmm. Cause it was just a Saturn with, with a wagon back on it. Right. And then they did the little SUV. That was a true Saturn. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, you know, it, they, it's they, also the one that I remember the most, I think, um, yeah. it, in, in 90, when, uh, they originally started to launch stuff, it was my yeah. first year of college. And I remember one of my instructors having one, it was a green one and the green that they selected, um, well, again, we'll have uh, pictures and links inside the show notes for this episode over at autohistorypodcast.com. The, uh, uh, the green that they had, it's a very interesting green because it's not a forest green. It's not a money green. It, it's, it, it, it is a color inside a crayon box. <laughs> and that's how I would describe it is essentially yeah. green from a, uh, a crayon box 
Yeah, it's a very I remember them green. being like kind of a, a dark green, like a British racing green or something. But I don't. I I think they had a bright colored one too. You know. Yeah. Was, oh, and, uh, again, it was one of my instructor's cars, and I I always knew whether he, uh, she was there or not, and it, I, I, it it struck me. It's it's when I think of Saturn, there's two cars I think of. I think of this this uh this black one that's at target near my wife's work still today this these many years later great shape by the way yeah and well, you know, they don't rust <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and then uh and then this green one that my instructor in in uh in college had but both of those are the two that i think of instantly yeah well the biggest year they had was 1994 so they did almost 300,000 cars in uh, 94 so yeah, well, which is a lot of cars. I, I, I yeah. think a lot of people are under the impression that, um, you know, it's going to be millions of cars and it matters. <laughs> uh, especially back then, this was yeah. a ton of cars. That, that, that is a <laughs> lot of vehicles that are riding the road. Yeah, but uh, of course, in 2008, they uh, had a little problem. <laughs> As did everyone, right? Yeah, so GM went bankrupt, and by that time, they were a full subsidiary of GM because that changed over the years. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so they decided they were going to get rid of some brands. So they got rid of Pontiac. They got rid of uh, Hummer. They got rid of Saturn. I think they got rid of, oh, Saab, because at that yes. time, uh, GM mm -hmm. had Saab. And, you know, it's just like, poof, they're gone. We're either going to sell them or not, you know, or we're going to quit making them or whatever. Uh, I'm surprised nobody picked up Pontiac. That would have been a good brand for uh, some other car company, but I, you know, they I, were I, all I hurting at that time. Yeah, so I, I was surprised too. The other one that surprised me too, you'd mentioned Saab. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I had a girlfriend that drove a Saab and I really, or her dad, <laughs> and I really enjoyed uh, the, the driving of that car. Um, other than that car, I've never driven another one. But it had a unique look, and uh, I really enjoyed the controls that were behind that that mm -hmm. Saab model. Yeah, they uh, they they had a weird place to put the key. Right. On some of those, they were, it was on the floor between yeah. the front seats. You know. Yeah, yeah. Again, very very interesting. It's a it's a piece of that uh, spill from the um, uh, the uh, European mechanism set, and uh, again, I, I really enjoyed it. It felt really cool. Yeah, well, Saab is still around in the aircraft world. Right. Uh, and, uh, in fact, they're making the new uh, T7 Red Hawk, which is to replace the uh, jet trainers for the U.S. Air Force. Mm, interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's a Saab. Saab and Boeing, I think, are together on it. But uh, it's a it's a single-engine supersonic jet trainer, and it's it's really cool looking. They're just now getting them, you know, production on those. But anyway, yeah, for, for those we're not talking familiar, about Bob today. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. For those that are familiar, Mike's got a tether into the Air Force. Do you not? Yes, I'm an Air Force veteran and spent a uh, better part of ten years uh, flying around the world. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I totally appreciate yes. your service. What what uh, what is the Red Hawk going to be replacing? Do you know the T thirty eight? The T thirty eight man, Zach got a storied legend. Oh yeah, um, T thirty eight's been around since the fifties, and you know yeah. they haven't changed a hell of a lot. <laughs> right. Well, not only have they not changed a hell of a lot, there's uh, for those that aren't. In, uh, I'm sorry, for those that aren't familiar with me, uh, I have a giant interest inside of human spaceflight, and the T thirty eight is one of the hallmark legend aircrafts, legacy aircraft mm -hmm. that are uh, 
um, are used for human spaceflight slash astronaut training sets. Yep. And, uh, yeah, all that, the pilots, that, uh, that's what they, or all the astronauts fly around in T-38s. That, that'll probably stay for a long time. <laughs> no, know? I agree with that. But uh, that's going to be a very interesting paradigm. And I, frankly, I can't wait to see what the Red Hawk's going to give us. Better fuel efficiency, uh, you know, more modern everything. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, back to Saturn. Um, you know, they... One of the problems with Saturn was later on when GM took them over completely, they started doing brand engineering and, you know, they would have Opal models be Saturns and Buick models or, you know, they would share platforms like the center second generation Saturn view, which, you know, was that SUV that that car completely switched to brand engineered over time. It was, uh, you know, it was just not such a great thing, uh, with, you know, for them. And that's, that's, I think why they declined. They, they had a minivan that was based on the Dustbuster minivans that GM had for a while. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, they had a, they had a little hot rod sports car. That's, that is pretty cool. It's, uh, I forget what they called the Saturn one, uh, sky, I think. But it was a little two-seat roadster, you know, and Buick, I think, had one, and, or Pontiac had one, mm -hmm. and uh, one other brand had them, but they were all think, the same I think, car. I think the Pontiac version was this, was it the Solstice, I think? Yeah, it could be. But, it, yeah, it was a little two-seat roadster, kind of looked like a Miata, Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but a little bigger. And, yep. uh, you know, those are, you know pretty collectible these days you know there's they quite are, a few are. of them on the road but the the saturn version i think sold the best out of all of those and anyway. i think it looked the best too i'm not sure if it's because it got the mm -hmm. uh, the attention span that it needed before before all hell fell down but yeah um, i i thought it looked the best of the of the bunch too yeah one of the one of the things was uh you know when gm decided to kill him they the uh, roger pinsky uh, you know, the guys that he has the, the, the truck company and the racing stuff and, and, uh, he attempted to buy it, but he couldn't get enough, uh, investors and, uh, interest in continuing Saturn, but that would have been interesting. You know, it'd be a completely independent company if Penske took it over. Now, what a very interesting transition that would have been too. For those that aren't familiar with Penske, again, we'll have links inside the show notes to uh, not only Penske, but the, uh, the legacy of, Pe of Penske. <laughs> Penske is a very interesting company that has tethers into all kinds of other things that would foster along a car company. And oh, yeah, that, for that sure. didn't happen is very, very interesting twist of events. If there was a, if there was a, what if universe, I would love to see what would have happened to Penske would have been able to latch on there. Yeah. They did uh, bring back Hummer, uh, sort of, they uh, brought it back as a GMC model uh, for, you know, all electric. And, uh, you know, if you got $150,000 laying around, you can have an electric pickup that uh, won't do everything you want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've been watching the, uh, the releases of that along with all of the other electric yeah. stuff that's been coming out. Um, we'll, we'll include some of that inside the show notes. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of videos in particular about the electric Hummers that have come out that um, I, I find really endearing because uh, in addition to showcasing a lot of the benefits of what's going on inside of the EV set, but also for the Hummer EV set. Uh, what you're also seeing are some very credible showcased uh, 
reflections of why they may not be the next evolutionary step of vehicles, even though that's what they're claiming to be. Right. Uh, I, I, I always enjoy the, the videos that are put out that give you at least a flip side of the coin beyond just the wow EV, this is the future. Then they'll also give you some other stuff. So we'll link up to those inside the show notes as well. Yep, for sure. So, but yeah, with, with Saturn, it just, you know, it just didn't work. And I think it was because GM took them over. Uh, there's yeah. no question. I mean, it's, it's why, uh, before I had, I'd remarked about how you just don't see this anymore. And there's a grand reason why it's mostly mm -hmm. because people that have this much money in uh, this mm -hmm. much into a game do not like to splinter off the game. Yeah, you know, Toyota didn't do so well with their little offshoot there for a while. I forget, what was that right. called? Uh, I forget. You know, they, of course, Lexus, they're doing all right. But uh, what was the other, the low low market brand they had for a while? Um, I can't remember it now. Yeah, but anyway, sure. they, yeah. they they had, they had did that. And, uh, and, you know, just people weren't interested in it. They want a Toyota or a Lexus, you know. And... You know, with GM, I mean, they, they make a lot of good cars and they like make a lot of crappy cars, right? <laughs> you know? right. just like any company, you know, there's yeah. certain cars that are just duds and, and, you know, but Saturn until GM took them over and they started brand engineering really didn't have any duds. They, you know, they didn't have anything, you know, crazy going on. They didn't have huge recalls, nothing like that. It was, you know, they were just good, solid, simple cars. And well, I think they still are again to go to the indicator of that one that's in front of my wife's target every single day. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I also the the, uh, the driver of that car is also uh, wheelchair bound and mm. um, it, it, it's a smaller car, but it does exactly what she needs to every single day of the year. And um, yeah. again, it's if it's uh, a, is that a coupe? It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's got the big doors on it. Uh, that right. probably helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you can slide stuff in the back seat. Some of them had suicide doors on the back of the coupe. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. little half doors, kind of like you'd find on an extra cab pickup or something. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, that, that would lend itself well to, you know, folding, loading a wheelchair in. So, yeah, yeah. probably pretty practical for that yeah. application. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, like I said, Saturn was, a cool car company, a cool idea that uh, just over time didn't fit in with the big corporate uh, entity uh, such as GM. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, something else that we didn't talk about either at the front end of this was the, the name. Hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think a lot of people forget it, forget that names really do matter. Yes. And um, we, we can, especially inside of cars, especially inside of car models, mm -hmm. you can go back. In fact, we should probably cobble together an episode of, uh, the, the cars that have the goofiest names that are still somehow popular, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, Saturn is another great sample of a company that went, uh, literally outside the box, moving its elbows around, trying to make elbow room, but then named it something really familiar to people. Uh, and, uh, what, what I will definitely do is I'll go and I'll find more about the, the origin point of the actual name being conjured and connected well, what, to the company. You know, a lot of people think it's named after the planet. Right. Saturn. It's not. Right. right. It's right. named after the, uh, NASA rockets, Saturn rockets. Right. And, right. Which uh, is another piece of endearment here that I'm absolutely <laughs> certain nobody knows. Uh, what Mike is referring to is the Saturn 
five rocket, which is what originally took us to the moon, which yep. uh, again, it's why human spaceflight is so endearing to me. The concept of all of those hundreds of thousands of people coming together to get three dudes to the moon over across <laughs> the different missions, man, I, I, it, it makes me, it makes me bubble with energy right now as I say the words. Yeah. And it's something that I know I always try to uh, foster and aspire to when I jump into projects because that, uh, that, that teamwork and that, that spirit of that there's something else that I know we can all get to. So let's go get there. I really admire that about that time and that this is a piece of that legacy is even more special. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you, I'm aging myself, but I remember the, the first moon landing on TV. <laughs> I, 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 the only reason I remember it is because, uh, it's where it likely was, I was concepted. So ah, how about them apples? There you go. Yeah. I, I remember we had an old, uh, old black and white TV and we watched the moon landing and Walter Cronkite and yeah, that was back in the day. So anyway, reminiscing, we'll, we'll have, that's what we'll history's all about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have copious links inside the show notes to all kinds of cool moon landing stuff. <laughs> there you go. There you go, for sure. So I, I think we covered Saturn. If you have any uh, questions, comments, whatever, uh, you can, of course, get a hold of us over at autohistorypodcast.com. By the way, uh, the, the last Saturn was, uh, was done in or was built in October of 2010. So they did last a little past the uh, GM bankruptcy. So, you know. Got to get the isn't, dates. Isn't that amazing that a company that started that's that small can somehow eke out an existence lar longer and larger than GM was able to to excise themselves through? Yeah, that, that yep. is just uh, isn't that the cherry on top of this story, Mike? Yes, for sure. So uh, we catch us next week or next two weeks. So we're going to do this twice a month for now. We, we may up this. But uh, next week we're going to talk, or next episode, geez, I got to get that right. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Mopar muscle cars. That's kind of right in your wheelhouse, Mike. Very exciting time. I can't wait to do it. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>